a hot goalie for the Anaheim Ducks as they made their way to Sunrise, Florida. No problem for these Florida Panthers. On today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we bring in Jacob Winans of PantherParkway.com to discuss this 3-2 win over the Anaheim Ducks. A real, a hard-fought game for these Florida Panthers and a, a team that was uh, tested as the Anaheim Ducks made their visit to Sunrise, Florida. We're going to discuss all that and more on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Wednesday, April 13th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for make once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And my goodness, what a game. And... One that kind of had me on the edge of my seat because even though the Florida Panthers really dominated this game from possession, shots on goal, and they found a way. And going into the third period, um, I felt really good about where this Florida Panthers team was at based on how dominant they were um, possessing the puck and getting into the zone and creating opportunities on John Gibson of the Anaheim Ducks. But man, what a performance by John Gibson, um, 52 of 55 uh, in this one. Florida Panthers um, just kept attacking and attacking. This was a game that kind of reminded me a little bit of their a game earlier this season against the San Jose Sharks against former Panther um, James Reimer. So that kind of uh, brought me a little bit back to that game. But I'm going to bring in uh, my, my guest here on today's show, um, it's a Wednesday, as you know. It's a Winans Wednesday edition of the show. Um, Jacob, uh, welcome back to the show, and another win uh, as you uh, appear on the podcast. Uh, welcome back, man. Thank you for having me. I have a lot to say about a lot of stuff tonight, so I really appreciate you having me on tonight. Oh yeah, and and what what a game for this uh, Florida Panthers team. Um, they they find a way to win, like, like I said. Um, John Gibson, 52 of uh, 55 um, in, in in this one. And Florida, really, for um, for for this one, just getting off um, to a fast start. I mean, after two periods, they doubled the amount of shots on goal um, of the Anaheim Ducks. But um, even even the for the Anaheim Ducks, I mean, getting their first shot of the game going into the net a little mistake by sam bennett um going backhand it was intercepted the puck was a little uh scrambling around and then troy terry um who was involved in that scuffle in arizona just a few weeks ago um back back in the lineup and then gets gets one in past bobrovsky and just you know at, at that time i believe it was um I, I forget what the shot on goal differential was but the fact that they were almost at 10 at that point and just thinking wow just a little silly mistake and this team is down. And sometimes that kind of reminds me of also soccer as well, that 
sometimes a team can win with only getting one shot on goal in in, in soccer and just like that kind of made me think about that a little bit but <laughs> with with how dominant the panthers were and still being uh down a goal at that at that time on that first shot of the game it was frustrating at the at when it happened but i still i for for real i was not in a panic whatsoever when that happened yeah so um like yeah like you said that first goal it was just one small little mental error and it ends up in the back of the net um good to see troy terry back on the ice after what happened in uh, arizona um uh, we could talk all day about that i think it was absolutely ridiculous what happened there to to him and uh, he didn't deserve that at all but um yeah to to see that one end up in the back of the net and have to play from behind even though they were dominating the game uh it, it's frustrating but there's no panic in this team um I, I personally i think i said it at some point during the game in our in our work chat um i'm happy they're having these games i, I mean i know it's it's all close games it's a lot of come from behind um they can't seem to win a game comfortably lately everything they're having to grind out late wins ot games come from behind wins all all decided by one goal i'm so happy they're having these before the playoffs um i don't want them coasting into the playoffs blowing everybody out and and tonight was a really really good test to to have that to have that kind of game where you have to come from behind you're doing everything right and you're not getting rewarded on the scoreboard they're going to have those in the postseason and to see them this is not a playoff team they played against, but that's that is a playoff goalie. And to see them come from behind the way they did and battle back, and uh, their their first lead of the game is is the overtime winner. It's um, it, it's it's those kind of wins that you're going to have to have to find a way to to pull out in the playoffs. So I'm I'm really happy they're having these type of challenges right now. I'm very happy about that too because for for years we've thought about this Florida Panthers team um, as kind of people have kind of seen them as like a little bit of a doormat like when whenever people would come to sunrise florida a lot of times it would be um sometimes easy two points uh for for the opposition i mean the florida panthers were flirting with mediocrity from 2016 all the way till just a few years ago and just not bad enough to get a high draft pick not good enough to become a contender and that's the worst position to be in in sports it's worse than it's it's worse than tanking um in, in my opinion but just the the last few years and now like you said um this team uh having a little bit of ad adversity now and the point i'm trying to make is now even with these playoff teams facing against the florida panthers this is a team that um up the opposition gets up for um regardless of record i mean Anaheim really, uh, man, they 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 really uh, challenged uh, this Florida Panthers team. Mo really, um, John Gibson uh, challenged the Florida Panthers, and this is uh, this is after the Florida Panthers just a few weeks ago shut them out three nothing um, out in in so SoCal, and um, they they John Gibson wanted to make sure, of course, that this um, of course wasn't going to be um, that um, that another dominant performance uh, by the Florida Panthers, even though it was dominant as far as possession, as far as shot on goal, um, that they, it, it's uh, it's just with with this team, the late game situations that they find themselves in. I mean, the, this team is almost at twenty games that they've gone into overtime total throughout the season, and most of the time they're they're um, they're coming out with wins. I mean, the this, the broadcast. Um, brought up a stat that they're 13 and six um, um, going into this game, going into overtime. So 
you know, a lot of their game, it doesn't help their regulation wins uh, total um, as far as tiebreakers, but still finding a way to get those two points and um, even um, getting out to a little bit of a deficit. Um, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't three goals that they were falling behind this time around. It was a little bit at a time, a few little mental errors, and they still were um, coming up on the attack. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it helps that they're seeing now, uh, especially lately, you saw it a little in the Buffalo game. Uh, these games where you make one little mistake and it ends up in the back of your net, it's important that that happens in the regular season so that the players can understand just how precise you have to be in the playoffs. Um, if a team like Buffalo or a team like Anaheim is going to punish you that quickly for a mental mistake and put you behind, imagine what a playoff team is going to do to you. So it's good that they're learning that lesson now. And, and a lot of these teams they're, they're playing against are giving them little tastes of what the playoffs are going to be like, even the non-playoff teams. Uh, you think about a team like Ottawa, where we play them every time. We might beat them, but they are extremely physical, and those games get nasty. That, that's, that's a small sample of what the playoffs are like. And, and teams like Buffalo lately and, and tonight against Anaheim, getting behind, being the better team, and having to turn it on uh, when you're down, that's, that's a small taste of what the playoffs are going to be like. So uh, it's good that they're getting these little tests out of the way, and, and they've done overwhelmingly well with them. Uh, they, they don't seem to panic or get nervous when it's late-game situation. They Just someone always steps up, becomes the hero, and they, they seem to win every time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and um, Anthony Duclair, um, a one of the one of the two heroes um, in this game, got eight shots on goal in this one after leading the Florida Panthers with five against Nashville the other day. Two goals in this one gets to the thirty goal mark. In incredible feat after so many teams have um, given up on him, and just um, it's funny because um, ever since the game against New Jersey, the the Florida Panthers went three straight games after. Um, Three, went through a three-game span where they at least had one period of 20 shots on goal, in, um, twice in the third, once in the in the second in that span. And then tonight it happened again. Um, I, I believe it was the second period um, where the Florida Panthers got 20 shots on goal. And it's funny because the one goal that they got in that second period was a goal that you wouldn't expect um, to happen with Anthony Duclair just – being behind the net, I mean, maybe he kind of um, uh, learned from Patrick Hornquist what happened uh, the other day against Buffalo. Just uh, try to shoot it, um, off, hopefully off the goalie's back, but uh, um, but ends up um, deflecting off the skate of defenseman Jamie um, Drysdale and into the net. And I'm just thinking, of your 20 shots on goal, that's the one that you get. You you just put your put your hands up in the air. It's like okay. Uh, better, better to, better to not, not be lucky than good, because I don't want to say that was luck, but just um, throwing the puck into the net and, and um, for, for Duclair to get rewarded like that after so many opportunities prior to that, just um, that when it was tied one, one, I'm like, Ooh, they got them where they want them. Yeah, definitely. Um, Duclair was a, a player to watch tonight. And um, you can look back to, to some of our conversations last year. We've, we've really been stumping for him to, to finally get a, a contract with term so he can stay in the same system for a little bit. And it, it's really paid off this year. He's finally exploded and, and realized his potential. But um, yeah, tonight you saw an aggressive Duke and, and aggressive Duke is the best Duke uh, when he's got the wheels going and he's, he's feeling confident and firing shots on goal. That's, that's when you see the best of him. And uh, it's funny to get the, the goal that went in was the, First one that went in was probably the most harmless shots, and that's the one that ends up in the back of the net. And 
uh, some of the amazing saves Gibby made tonight. And that's that's one of the ones you'd love to have back. Hockey is a really weird sport sometimes, and uh, it's good when you're on the the right side of that because because Duke more than earned that goal, and it was good to see him get a bounce. Yeah, and Gibby was just uh, all over the place. I mean, there was a unbelievable. The, it was there was a and one of my favorite sequences of the game was not was it was a sequence when the fourth line was just attacking on John, on, on John Gibson. Etulus Turin had the best opportunity, having a one timer right, um, right in front, um, in between. I believe it was in between the hash marks, um, mm-hmm. but uh, just John Gibson on the ground getting back up and then just uh, creating so many uh, um, saves off that. Uh, and 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 even in that same period where they got those four shots on goal, I mean, uh, a faceoff loss, and that was with Trevor Zegras um, not playing. The, um, there was an eight minute span from the twelve minute mark all the way to the end of the period where. Uh, Trevor Zegers didn't play um, play towards the end. Don't know what was the reasoning behind that. Um, Henrique uh, w- wins the draw, and then um, Drysdale's shot deflected, it, um, and then Derek Grant gets it in. And you know, some sometimes it, it's with Sergey Bobrovsky. Um, the difference between John Gibson and Sergey Bobrovsky is sometimes even when it's not Sergey Bobrovsky's fault with certain turnovers. Sometimes you got to rely on that. Um, sometimes you got to get your goaltender to just make that one save. And sometimes I wonder if um, Sergey Bobrovsky can get that one save. But I'm not going to pin um, any of those two goals on Sergey Bobrovsky. But just maybe wanted to get maybe get that one save so that this wasn't um, as close as um, it needed to be. Yeah, a lot of times when you talk about Bob, especially given his contract, it's going to come with expectations. And um, when you get paid that kind of money, the, the expectation is that even if it's not your fault to give one up, you still would like to make that miracle save. You want to see him steal a game here and there. He, he hasn't done that a ton. Uh, he hasn't necessarily had to this year. So I'm not saying he can't. It's just he hasn't really needed to. Um, but but tonight, yeah, he, the two goals that went in weren't his fault. You'd just like to see him come up with at least one of them, um, make a big save, make a miraculous save here and there. Um, he's capable of doing it. He hasn't had to do it a whole lot this year. We, we certainly haven't seen him have to have a Gibson-like performance this season, which is probably for the better. Uh, we'd have some big questions to ask about our defense if we gave up 53 shots. But um, he's he he, t- he tends to, to lock it down later in the games, which I've noticed. Um, the third period, he, he didn't have a ton of traffic, didn't have a ton of pressure on him, but he made a couple of really key saves, including a breakaway for uh, Mayhew who got behind Uyghur and, and could have won the game and, and Bob came up with it. So uh, it's, you'd like to see him steal a couple, but as long, he's, he's doing his job. He's just, it's kind of a no more, no less type of situation with him. And you'd like to see a little bit more, just, just steal a couple of those, those ones that, that should be goals and just, just take a couple of those off the board. Yeah. And, um, and also, um, before this before this game, the Florida Panthers the goalies um, went five straight periods of just only allowing one goal. And I mean, that comes with, of course, Bobrovsky giving up those three uh, against Buffalo in the first period and then shutting it down after that. So you make a really great point as far as Bobrovsky shutting it um, down when he needs to. I mean, um, of course, you don't want to come back from two uh, and even multiple often. But hey, he was able to uh, shut it down when needed to. But we're going to transition over to the next segment and we're going to talk about more about this top power play unit of five forwards and just something that just put a smile on my face when it comes to this uh, power play unit. But first we're going to talk about 
HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Get farm fresh seasonal produce and easy to make recipes delivered right to your door every week. Ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep under a week, so they always arrive fresh, all without a trip to the grocery store or farmer's market. Go to hellofresh.com slash lockdown16 and use promo code lockdown16 to get 16 free meals and free free gifts. Once again, go to hellofresh.com and use code lockdown16 and use code lockdown16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen today. And for your second listen today, make sure to listen to Lockdown Now podcast. It's daily recaps from each of the local experts around the National Hockey League. Uh, second segment here, uh, I'm Armando Velez. I got Jacob Winans here to recap this 3-2 to two win over the Anaheim Ducks and um th- this this game um with duke getting the second power play goal to tie the game um that makes seven power play goals in the last five games um just looking at season season averages for anaheim and florida and seeing florida now number seven going at least going into yesterday's um game going Going into this one, seventh in the league in power play percentage. And I remember there was a time this season, especially after that horrific December where they were on the power play. At 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 at, at worst, they were 24th in the league on in, in power play percentage on December 31st. With season averages being at seven now with the Florida Panthers. I decided to do a little uh, research on the NHL.com slash stats and seeing what their power play percentage was from January 1st to now. Number one in the NHL. And what a turnaround for this um, unit after many, many concerns um, for for this team. Of course, adding Claude Giroux and of course going with five forwards um, was something that I was a little bit uh, hesitant about at first. Uh, especially with Ekblad out, but man, what what an what an improved unit that we've seen over the last couple of weeks ever since adding Drew, and it just took a little bit of time for this uh, team to like get gelled together. And Jacob, what made me what made me smile a, a, a bit as well is the fact that the Florida Panthers had two straight power plays, and the, and Andrew Burnett said. There is no way in hell that we are taking the first power play unit off the ice. They, 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 I'm going to read some of the time on ice for um, the forwards for the power play unit. Um, Duclair, 459. Huberto, 459. Sam Reinhart, 501. Um, the second unit of like Marchment, Verhage, 45 seconds, 44 seconds, 43 seconds. Um, Montour, 46 seconds. No way in hell that Andrew Burnett was taking that unit off the ice to create a spark and to uh, try to tie this game. Yeah, so that stretch where we had back-to-back power plays, we got super lucky given that there was a TV timeout in between them. So we were able to keep that top unit out there. Um, but yeah, that first power play was just a fl- just a, a flurry of chances from all over the ice. And it felt like Gibson, like he was, he was standing on his head, but he couldn't do it forever. So I think Burnett was smart to u- utilize that TV timeout 
and throw that unit back out there for the next one. And, and they finally got through and got that game tying goal. Um, the power play has really taken off. Uh, even before Ekblad went down, the power play was starting to trend in the right direction. Adding Giroux makes them all the more dangerous. Uh, the five forward thing is starting to work out. Um, Barkov is just, I mean, what more can you say about the guy as a hockey player? He, he can do everything. Um, he can even he can even play play defense if he wants to. I mean, the, the way he runs the power play at the, at the point, it's like it's like one of the best defensemen in hockey running the power play. It's, it's insane. Um, I would even consider when Ekblad gets back, let Barkov run the point and, and put Ekblad in that Ovechkin style one timer spot because he really excels there. Um, I, I would really like to see them try that. But um, yeah, the power play has really taken off. And keep in mind when Ekblad gets back, it's going to push someone like Duclair or I can't see Giroux not being on the top unit. So most likely Duclair down to the second unit. And now that makes the second unit even more dangerous. So um, it's it's really an embarrassment of riches on the power play. And it's good to see them finally building that chemistry um, because tonight's power play, they, they were humming for those two. And, and it was really, really good to see Duclair get the, get the payoff with his 30th. Yeah. And um, for, um, for this, for the power play unit, you always see um, Barkoff and Drew kind of interchanging with uh, getting to the point. So it, it actually throws a lot of teams off based on like where, um, one is going to go on that unit. And of course, um, of course, with uh, Sam Reinhardt as well in front of the net and, uh, and whenever he gets behind the net as well, um, playing a little bit of tic-tac-toe with Jonathan Huberdeau um, as well. So that's a, that, that's a thing. And, and, and Jonathan Huberdeau, um, 10 shots on goal um, for, for this game. He had one timers on the power play. He had a spinorama attempt that was saved by Gibson. I, I, um, and, of course, the the game winner where he uh, strips um, Troy Terry and gets the the, the shot on Gibson. Original um, Gibson originally saves it, and then um, Jonathan Huberdeau um, able to stay with the puck and kind of uh, score as well after that. That kind of reminded me. That goal kind of reminded me of the first game against the Philadelphia Flyers when Keith Yandel turned it over on the power play, and then Jonathan Huberdeau takes it by himself on Carter Hart. Uh, shoots it again, grabs his own rebound, and then get gets it in. I believe at the time of that one, I mean that was back in October. I think that was to take the lead or tie the game. I, it it was a, it was a long time ago, but that kind of reminded me of that. And Andrew Burnett after the game talked about how it's kind of a shame how he's um, not talked about more in the heart conversation. Uh, I know before recording, uh, you said you had a lot to say about that conversation. So I'm going to give you the floor for as long as you need. Oh man, I, I could, if you really wanted me to, I could take up the rest of the show with this, but I, I'm just going to say, I, I, I'm really tired of, of hearing the, the narrative on Huberdo. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, the past week we've seen uh, just, I don't want to call out any particular fan base because it's not just one, but a lot of people from, from north of the border up in Toronto, um, stumping for Matthews, of course. They're going to want their hometown guy to, to, to win the, the heart, and he's had a spectacular year. Uh, he's put up over 50 goals in his last 50 games. I, I, that. I know Shesterkin has been fantastic. I know Roman Yossi has been fantastic. I know Cal McCarr has been excellent. McDavid, of course, these are all guys who are deserving. But the narrative on Huberdeau has been that he, the reason he can't win is because he can't play defense just turn on a game. I mean, he's, he's on the penalty kill. The penalty kill was 100% tonight. 
and it has been plenty of times this year. He's just the game winning goal in overtime. He strips Troy Terry, who's known as one of the best playmakers, one of the best offensive talents in hockey this year. He strips him one on one and scores the game winning goal. In, in the game against Toronto, he he's head to head against Matthews, outscores him and out defends him in the game. I I don't understand the narrative that Huberdeau can't win because he can't play defense. It makes no sense to me. He plays in all situations. I don't know if you turn on a game, you watch and and. If we lose a body on the in the bottom six, the fourth line, someone's in the box or something. There's an injury or a fight. Huberdeau takes that extra shift, and he four checks and he and he and he checks hard and he gets in there as as F one. You have to give this man respect in the heart conversation. I, I don't understand what more you need to see. And um, there's there's one particular um, Twitter account that that I've seen a lot of traffic to because of the advanced stats. Um, Again, this is not the only one, but it's he goes by Jay Fresh. He posts a lot of the um, advanced stats on these player cards and and uses them uh, to just kind of give you an idea of what the advanced stats say about a performance. But recently, there was one posted showing about Huberdeau how the Panthers are better without Huberdeau on the ice. And if you're, if advanced stats are telling you that, then you need to put advanced stats away and just watch it. Watch a hockey game. It's, it's not a, this is not a computer sport. It, it's just not. It, advanced stats have their place, but if you're going to legitimately argue that the Panthers are better without Jonathan Huberdeau and he's not deserving of the MVP because of his defense, you simply have not watched a Panthers hockey game. It, there's no, nothing else I can say to you except turn on a game. It, Goldie and Randy Muller are great. You'll enjoy listening to them and, and watch some good hockey, but just turn on a hockey game because the, the computers are not, are not doing him justice at all. Mm -hmm. yeah, and, thank, and yeah, that's, that's, that's me on my soapbox for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, well, 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 well said, um, based on uh, his heart chances and definitely, um, one of two Panthers who haven't missed the game this year. Um, you think about COVID issues as well, um, that this team suffered through December, him and Mackenzie Weger have been, the two guys who have been just every day showing up um, and ju just being able to play. And he had a, um, Jonathan Huberto had a maintenance day uh, a few days ago in practice to like, you know, keep him fresh. We might see a little bit more uh, maintenance days and um, Huberto has struggled with his health in the first few years, but in the past three seasons, he's only um, missed one game. And that was uh, the final game of the season last year um, against the Tampa Bay lightning. So health has been on his side too. We got, also got to consider that first 100 point season in, um, in the history of the Florida Panthers, most um, points all time. I mean, what, what more, what more can we say about the, the, what he's done um, for this team and just how, and let, let's, um, let's also um, think about this. Um, he faked the Michigan, not only once, but twice. One of them, while he, what the first time was when he entered the zone and I was just like, What's he doing? What's what's he what's he gonna pull off? He, he even said he can't pull it off the off the Michigan, but we never he might be doing that to leverage himself to to surprise people. And then the second time behind the net, it reminded me of that game against San Jose, the home game where he got it to Bennett as well. So um, just fooling people with his uh, stick skills uh, over and over again too, with how he's able to um, defend uh, as well. I mean, he creates creating opportunities going the other way. I mean. That that was off a steal, uh, off Troy Terry. So, defense, there's your defense, and it it created the game winner. And um, exactly, 
So I don't know what more other people need, but we're going to transition over to the third segment where we're going to talk about the state of the Atlantic, the, the league, where the Panthers do stand as far as their clinching scenarios uh, when it comes to the Atlantic division and the Eastern Conference because it got better uh, today after the Florida Panthers um, found a way to uh, defeat the Anaheim Ducks in, in overtime. But first, we're going to tell you all about Built Bar. It's that time of year where I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, then you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. Fluffy, marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covering one of them except real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamon, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covering 100% real chocolate. Yes, puffs included. 100% real chocolate. Go to Built.com and scroll to the macros cart, and you'll be blown away. At Built Bar, they're all about taste. They make it taste delicious first then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Boat.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Boat.com. Third and final segment here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I got Jacob Winans here. And I want to thank all the people for joining on the on the live stream uh, here. Uh, using the using uh, trying to use better the controls of the people uh, typing into the chat and presenting it on the show. So thank you for everyone uh, inter- interacting live with uh, Jacob and I. And um, keep commenting. Uh, uh, keep it PG, of course. Uh, so is all I ask, and I'll uh, po- post some as uh, we are, we, we as we record uh, these uh, live streams. As we're gonna try to continue these uh, throughout the rest of the regular season and going into the playoffs. But um, Jacob, a 14 game night for um, the NHL. I'm not gonna go through every single game because not every game um, uh, has um, is uh, related to what the Panthers are are doing and their uh, clinching scenarios. But uh, after uh, today. The clinch, the magic number to clinch the Eastern Conference is at 11. And the magic number to clinch the Atlantic Division is now at nine with the Toronto Maple Leafs losing five to two against the Buffalo Sabres. Ha, LOL. Um, <laughs> and um, the Carolina Hurricanes defeating the um, uh, New York Rangers on the road at Madison Square Garden. And the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Rangers do face one more time. Uh, I did. I did uh, learn that today. So the Metropolitan Division is still up for grabs, despite um, the Carolina Hurricanes uh, winning. Uh, Vegas and Vancouver are tied at one. That's a very important game out out west. Uh, but the possible first round opponent for the Panthers, the Washington Capitals, they they got nine goals tonight against Philly, um, a nationally televised game. Uh, and Pittsburgh lost in overtime against uh, the New York Islanders. So. This is something that you and I uh, spoke about um, in the chat about who would we rather face, whether it's Pittsburgh or Washington. Um, Washington surging, um, Pittsburgh kind of falling a little bit. Um, they did lose to Washington over the weekend um, in a game where Sidney Crosby did not get suspended after uh, a sucker punch. Um, but Evgeny Malkin has been suspended four games after uh, a cross check to the face of, I forgot who it was on Nashville, but. Um, uh, Borbietsky. 
Borbieski. Um, so, so he got four games for that one. So it's now starting to take into shape, Jacob. Um, who would you rather face in round one of the playoffs? All right, so this is a tough one. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, when when talking about the Penguins, Evgeny Malkin, I just I, I really don't even know what, what the guy's thinking there. You're you're in the the heat of a playoff race, trying to trying to jockey for positioning, and and you take a penalty like that and get four games uh, right when your team needs you the most. So that that was just ridiculous from him. Um, now, who would I rather face? Um, my answer is kind of biased. Uh, my 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 younger self um before becoming a panthers fan when i was about seven or eight years old i'm from the washington dc area i grew up a capitals fan um loved ovechkin before that i loved yarmir yager he was a cap for a while um so younger me is like panthers capitals that's what you've always dreamed of um realistically i think we match up better with pittsburgh um Mm. washington Washington beats us up uh, physically in, in a series against them. I think Tom Wilson, I don't think anyone on earth wants to face Tom Wilson seven games. Uh, Ovechkin is tough and physical. They've got a fourth line full of full of big bodies. Um, the one thing that they're really not good with is their goaltending, but they have so many veterans. They've got so many guys who, who just know how to get it done in the postseason. It, it's, it's a little bit scary to face them, especially their physicality. Uh, and, and all of our games against them were decided by one goal. Uh, now, Pittsburgh, on the other hand, I think we match up with them better because both teams play a up-tempo skill game, and I think we can outskill Pittsburgh. Um, their goaltending is a little more solid. Um, again, all the games against them were decided by one goal, so it's really a toss-up. It's, it's just it's tough. I, I think we're just going to have to wait and see. But Tom made a great point in our chat today, and he said, whoever you, whoever you play in the playoffs, it's not going to be easy. And to win, you have to beat good teams regardless. So mm. I think I think we take whatever challenge we get, and and I think we're the favorite whether we play Pittsburgh or Washington. So, um, yeah, it, it's going to be a tough challenge. I would prefer I'd be more entertained with the series against Washington, but I think we match up better against Pittsburgh. Um, just you know, it's I, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of give the floor back to you on this one. But what what kind of season is this where your first round opponent is going to be against a surefire Hall of Famer, one of the greatest players to ever play the game, whether it's Washington or Pittsburgh. And that's considered an easy opponent for this, this year's Easter conference. <laughs> that's tough, but I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you a little bit. Um, Yes. Washington has the big bodies. And even if they were to win like a series like this, four to two uh, in six games, the Panthers are going to come out of that series exhaling. Um, That it was like, Whoa, thank goodness they got out of that one. But uh, I mean, the, I look at the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, they could have easily uh, swept the season series had Andrew Burnett not gone for the story and putting um, Patrick Hornquist on the shootout um, back in November. But uh, with um, with Pittsburgh, their penalty kill is just second best in the league. So that that's a really um, that's a really uh, mm-hmm. that's a stat that like really opens everything to me. And Tristan Jari, um, he has four shutouts this season. I mean. Samsonov and uh, Vanacek both have four, um, no, excuse me, three each. Um, so that kind of uh, balances everything out when it comes to like looking at the goaltending. I mean, Jari um, didn't have the best postseason uh, last year, but uh, but neither did uh, the goalies in, in Washington either. Uh, I mean, did, did, didn't Craig Anderson start a game uh, for, yeah. for uh, Washington? So, I mean, I, I think maybe, I think maybe that, that, um, 
that um, Florida might um, might uh, match up better against Washington based on, um, especially at the beginning of the season. I mean, the the balance was very top line reliant. Um, in one of the matchups, they were able to limit um, Alexander Ovechkin, of course. He has that rocket of one-timer shot from the left circle, and it's really hard for no matter how many times you try to coach to try to stop it. I mean, nobody has been able to figure that out. I mean, and um, Pittsburgh is a little bit of a faster team, too, than Washington. I mean, um, Crosby is a way, fast, a way faster skater than Ovechkin. That's that's not a debate. Um, uh, but, of course, um, Ovechkin with his big body, I mean, he could outfit um, out, out, um with his physicality, too. And, of course, you mentioned Tom Wilson as well. And... Both both teams have Stanley Cup championship experience, regardless of who you go against. So it's like pick your poison here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you look at those two teams on paper, they've been rivals with each other for for decades. But both teams have have plenty of superstar talent. You got Ovechkin, you've got Crosby, you've got Malkin, you've got Backstrom, you've got Kuznetsov, you've got uh, Latang on the other side. I mean, both teams are are, are loaded. Uh, Oshie is a guy who John terrifies Carl. me, and exactly. Uh, Oshi scares the life out of me in the playoffs because he's textbook savvy veteran. He knows everything that you can do on the ice and he, he does everything well. So it, regardless of who you play, it's going to be a tough series. It's not going to be over quick. Uh, both teams have some some question marks in goal, but they also have plenty of Stanley Cup pedigree. Um, would be kind of fun to see us match up against Mike Matheson in the playoffs, though. I think that'd be interesting. And I believe he's still p- playing on that top pair uh, with Chris Tang. So. He is, and he's been pretty solid this year. I got to give him credit; he's really turned his game around in Pittsburgh. So good for him, good for him. Um, first round pick didn't work out in Florida. Um, the it was a good trade for both sides. The the Penguins they got um, some term uh, on that contract. The Florida Panthers they got Patrick Hornquist out of that um, and was able to dump the contract of Colton Sevier. Um, at, at the time as well and and the florida panthers came out with a with a better situation they were able to like do more of a shakeups on the, their defensive pairings and m- move that money around as well um and of course um even though patrick hornquist like i i've said this a few days ago even though he's had a reduced role this year of course getting older um you still have that experience and that leadership and I love I love when Patrick Hornquist is mic'd up because you hear him yelling on the bench all the time mm-hmm. about getting back, um, complaining. I, I if there is a I don't think that I can't I don't know if I can even name a better um, player to get mic'd up than uh, Patrick Hornquist. Yeah, he, he's so much fun to listen to on the bench. He's such a great leader and he does it vocally. Um, I think the closest the closest comparison I used to love when the Panthers had uh, Vinny Trocheck mic'd up because he 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 was so like always loud and rowdy and, and kind of a spaz and he was just like yelling random things on the bench but it, it's just high energy and Hornquist is like that as well um, I love when he's mic'd up and yeah you mentioned his reduced role but come playoff time uh, his even the, even in shorter minutes he's going to give you quality minutes because he knows what it takes to win. And um, he's a guy who shows up when, when the lights are brightest. I'm, I'm really excited to see him go into the playoffs healthy this year. And I think that was a big reason for his reduced role is to keep him healthy for, for the time when we need him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a few comments in the chat saying, give me caps over over the pens. Uh, so a, f- a few of them. And one talking about um, Toronto and Tampa is an interesting series. Um, I agree with that. I, mm-hmm. I I'm really looking forward to that. I would love to see that. Um, 
but whoever commented Toronto and Tampa, um, I, I was just thinking about that. There's a, a high likelihood that Toronto and Tampa and then Boston and Carolina, two of our problems will be eliminated without us having to touch them. So um, I really do like the the prospects of that. Let's not forget that Boston eliminated Carolina twice in back-to-back -back years, once in the conference final and once in the first round. So that'll be yep. kind of a rematch of a playoff series from a few years ago. Just uh, just re reminded myself of that. I'm like, wow, they, they would be facing off again in the in the postseason. And if uh, if Toronto and Tampa Bay do face off uh, and Maple Leaf fans are in Amelie Arena with the color, with the colors being so similar, you wouldn't be able to tell apart the, the colors yeah. inside. So I, I guess that's a little bit of a peace of mind. But of course, when you hear cheering, you, you of course, you could tell. So, I mean versus FLA Live Arena, it, it's a big, big contrast based on the colors. And I, I don't want to see Maple Leaf fans uh, at, at the arena during a playoff series. No way in hell. Yeah, no, absolutely <laughs> not. I, I hate when the building is split sometimes, uh, especially around tourist time of year where all the, the Northerners are down in, in town. But, you know, no, nothing sweeter than sending them home uh, unhappy. <laughs> Yeah, one last comment is uh, Gators Rock Tim saying should have had ten goals tonight. Hey, who know, who knows? Uh, <laughs> Probably, <laughs> maybe. But John Gibson was great, fifty-two of fifty-five uh, in this one. So great, great performance by him. Um, so Jacob, I want to thank you once again for joining me on this uh, live edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast on this Winans Wednesday. Uh, tell people where they can follow you online. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can keep up with my Twitter at Jacob Winans eight. Uh, we're currently trying to get a little Hooby for Heart push going there. So uh, check that out and, and retweet some of the videos and stuff we've been putting out for Huberdeau. And then um, you can also find my work on pantherparkway.com. I had an interesting article that I put out last week of part one and two. That'll be a, a good Panthers off day read for you guys. So uh, that's where you can find me. Yeah, for sure. And give that a read as the Florida Panthers will have uh, two days off right before um, uh, facing the Winnipeg Jets on um, on Friday night. So def definitely gonna, another opportunity for this uh, Florida Panthers team to increase their lead in the Atlantic and the Eastern Conference. So thank you once again, Jacob. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL shows. Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark will be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Host Stu Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy team. Follow Lockdown Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez with Jacob Winans. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.